Sandy Scarlata is the author of Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, a certified life coach, public speaker, retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach, and has spent the past 20 years helping people create lasting changes in their lives. Due to several tragedies that deeply affected her, along with hitting rock bottom with drug abuse in 1990, she has spent the last 30 years in her own quest to find and maintain a sense of peace and happiness. Sandy is the host of the Happiness Solved podcast, which can be found on 15 networks including Google, Apple, Spotify, and the Happiness Solved YouTube channel. Sandy currently has two coaching programs, Happiness Solved for Entrepreneurs and Happiness Solved for Everyone. More information is available on her website at www.sandyscarlotta.com. Tap in. What's up, everybody? Hello, hello, hello. Today is a special day. My name is Tanaka Tava, and I am the host of Campus Cuts, a multi-generational, multicultural show that brings together entrepreneurs, speakers, athletes, students, and members from the communities from all walks of life to chop it up in the virtual barbershop. Uh, today, I have a special guest. She is a an author a certified life coach, a public speaker, a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach, um, somebody who loves helping people who has such a genuine and honest and authentic presence online in a brand. Um, it is an absolute pleasure to sit with my new friend and new guest of the podcast, Miss Sandy Scarlata. How are you today? Hello, Tanaka. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. It is Quite my honor. To be absolutely, honest. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. I, um, I'm super grateful and I'm super excited. Um, for those who are new to the show, um, Campus Cuts is a show that's all about bridging the gap between the young and the old in order for people to bring their perspectives on on society, culture, and what they want to bring to the table. And so, again, like you are an example of that, and I'm super grateful for you making the time out here. So, of course, I gave you my introduction. I gave the people an introduction. So my first question for you is um, just introduce yourself. What is your name, your occupation, and your hometown? And then we'll go dive deep into the conversation. All right. My name is Sandy Scarlatta. Um, my legal name is actually Sandy Addison. I got remarried, but my pen name from a book I published back in 2009 was Sandy Scarlatta. That's my ex-husband's name. <laughs> so I just decided just keep it, you know, that most people know me by that name. Um, so yeah, so but my profession is I am a talent acquisition manager for a federal contractor here in the Washington DC metro area. I've been doing recruiting on and off for over 20 years, but I've also been a life coach on and off for over 30 years. And so, yeah, I live in the suburbs of DC in a town called Ashburn, Virginia. And uh, so it's a great place to live. And so, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you today about Everything I have going on for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully absolutely. I can bridge that gap. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's incredible. And so of course, so you are like, you know, a certified life coach, a public speaker, an author. But before we go dive deep into what you've got going on, um, I want to dive deeper into this question I usually ask my guest is who are you? Like, what's your story? How did you get to this point? Of course, we know, yeah, people know what they love, what they do, whatever, whatever. But um, we, on this show, we discuss about who 
is that person and who they are and what makes the core for, for them. And I guess I say that as well. It's like, obviously, you're a very happy person because you're talking about happiness all the time. And, and you are in the group that are you happy group. That's how we got connected. So I know that plays a big role into that. But I just want to specifically dive deep into who is Sandy? That's a loaded question. And um, so my book is called Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps. The happiness solved is the self-improvement part. Climbing 100 Steps is a metaphor because when I was 12 years old, I lived on the river outside of Annapolis, Maryland, and there was 100 steps that led from the river dock up into the up to the house. And because I was an athlete, like I would just run up those steps, you know, feeling like Rocky. It was just, you know, I could hear that da da da, you know, in the background. <laughs> And um, I'm also giving my age away, too. <laughs> so the, there was one time when I was 12 years old where me and my girlfriend, we were running up the stairs. We were happy. I was greeted by my father at the door, and he told me that my older brother had died while serving in the U.S. Army. Wow. And he was only 19 years old. And so that was a, a, a kick in the stomach, to say the least. My whole world just crumbled. And... What ended up happening was that I created a couple of stories. One, I didn't, I denied that it actually happened. Mm. And I just made up a story that he was in the witness protection program and he was coming home or that he was a spy, you know, and that our lives would be in danger. So I just made up these stories because I couldn't accept the reality of what had happened. But the other thing that I decided was that I was not, I decided that if I allowed happiness to come into my life, then something bad would happen. Mm. So in my early 20s, I, um, I chose not to go to college. Um, my only goal in life was to be in the ice capades and I made it into the ice capades. And two weeks after my high school graduation, they told me that, sorry, you're on a waiting list. So I did do a semester of college, it wasn't for me, started working. I'm in Washington, DC, around a lot of older folks and whatnot, and I was introduced to cocaine. Fast forward a few years, I realized that I, was, I had hit rock bottom. I was addicted to cocaine. And I knew that I had to get my life together. And so I did. That was over 30 years ago. That started me 31 years ago, it was 1990. And uh, that led me on this path where I just become obsessed with self-improvement and have read hundreds of books, listened to audio tapes, attended seminars. Oh, and by the way, there was about 15 years of therapy in there too. Yeah, 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 that's good. Because <laughs> you can't ignore major trauma like that in your life you know you have to deal with it because if you don't deal with it it's just going to bite you in the in the behind when you least expect it so i ended up after i stopped coaching skating that was when i became certified to be a life coach and i now i've been you know helping people create lasting changes in their life for over 20 years and it is such a part of who i am because everything i talk about in my book is how i live my life like mm -hmm. i walk the talk this is what I do. And, and I list the steps and all the tools that I use every single day so that no matter what happens, I am able to get back to that place of peace and happiness, no matter what curveballs are thrown my way. Right. Wow. Um, okay. This has never happened before, but I'm about to cry live on show. <laughs> uh, wow. That was, wow. That, that is, um, man, that's, that's so inspirational. That's so amazing. And again, thank you so much for your, your candidness, your, um, authenticity and being able to share that. Um, because you know, that that's, um, you know, 
people, and you know this as well, our people are moved when they're able to relate to others, especially on their journey and on their path. And um, man, wow, there's so much I want to get into. But now like the next step is um, being able, what does it take for a person to be able to get out of rock bottom? Because everybody nowadays, like a lot, especially the pandemic has really has left people in a space where they've been un uncomfortable, uncertainty, anxiety, depression. Um, what is the very first step in being able to pull somebody to get yourself out of that trap of um, not acknowledging the things that have happened and to move forward? So it would depend on the severity. And I always say, and I have a disclaimer in my book that Everything in my book will help everybody, but if you are experiencing depression, then you need to seek professional help. Right. Because this book is not going to help you treat depression. So I just want to throw that out there because if somebody is clinically depressed, please, there's resources out there that, that can help you because it's a real, it's a real issue and you can get out of it. If you're just experiencing states of unhappiness, I would say one of the first things you need to do is take care of yourself. Mm. You have to take care of yourself and, and understand part of that is just acknowledging where you are in this moment. Okay. This is where I am. It's okay. It's okay to be feeling down. It's okay to be feeling anxious. It's okay to be angry. It's okay. You know, all of those feelings are real and it's okay to feel them and you, you need to feel them. It's part of being human, right? Right. We are emotional beings and we're like that for a reason, right? There's a, there's a genetic reason that we are built the way we're built. So acknowledge where you are. And then, you know, it's about truly taking care of yourself. What do you need to do? What is the next right thing that you can do that's going to help you? Maybe it's just get out of bed and take a shower. Right. Maybe it's, okay, I'm going to go take a walk in nature. You know, a hot bubble bath. There's so many things you can do that are free, right? right. Um, another really great thing to do is, is called grounding or earthing. And this really helps, especially if you're having anxiety. So imagine walking on the beach, right? Right. Most people in this country, not everybody, but most people have been able to, you know, experience walking on the beach. You feel amazing, right? That's because you're in bare feet. Your feet are touching the earth. You're walking along. You hear the sounds, all of that. It's really amazing. You can do the same thing by taking off your shoes and just walk on grass. Mm -hmm. Just walk around on the grass. It's going to balance your emotions. It's going to calm you down. And uh, so those are just a few examples. Uh, the next thing, well, and this is a huge thing, is focus on everything you have to be grateful for. Yeah. I'm actually wearing a shirt. I don't know if you can see it. It says, be grateful. There's a B and it says, be grateful. Um, gratitude is the quickest way to shift your energy. When I talk about energy, I'm talking about that electromagnetic field that surrounds us, right? right. Yeah. When, yeah. when people are happy, you can feel it. When people are angry, you know that they're angry, right? That usually yeah. shows this. But many times you can feel something. So I'm taught that's the energy that I'm referring to. So by, by focusing on everything you have to be grateful for, what, what it's doing is you're shifting into a positive state. Mm. And it works so, so I can give you so many examples if you, if you want. No, but, absolutely. Please, please. So here's an example. My son goes to the University of Louisville. He's going to be a junior next year. And so he was driving back to school and it's nine hours from here. And, there, and this was one night. It was eight o'clock at night. It was dark. Roads were very dark. He was exhausted. He was upset. 
So he called me and we were on the phone for about an hour. He just really was like, I just, please just stay on the phone with me. And he started telling me about a situation that he was in with a friend group. You know, you're in college, right? You, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know how <laughs> and, hey, I mean, at my age, I still go through drama. I'm like, am I still in high school? Wait a second. Am I still in high <laughs> why, why am I dealing with this 35 years after high school? Um, so yeah, some things never change. So after I, I heard, heard him out, I started we started talking about gratitude and within mm. seconds I could hear his shift next you know, for the next 20 minutes, we were laughing and joking. And I was like, at first I was really worried. I was like, gratitude, let's just start talking about everything you have to be grateful for. And it's right. just sometimes if you're in a really low place, maybe it's just that you have a roof over your head. Mm. Maybe it's I'm healthy you know, or, or I woke up today, you know, the start with this little things and then work your way up because we do, we do. There's so many things, you know, and there's so many people in this world who have it so much worse off than we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And really sometimes that's about shifting that that's shifting your perspective. So when yeah. you're thinking about how there's so many people who have it worse off than you do, that's a way to shift your perspective because you're thinking, wow, that could be me. So, yeah, that's, so I that, think, that's, yeah. yeah, those I'm, are the I'm, big I'm, things I would say. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are some great things. And, and you know, as what <laughs> it's, even though it's so simple, right? I think those are, those are the, like those key things of, you know, having gratitude is, it's a very <laughs> weird way. It's very complex because we're living in a world that has a lot of constant comparison, a lot of um, messaging and signaling saying that, oh, hey, in order for you to get to that next level, you need this product. Oh, you want to drive around with this new car? You need to get this. Oh, hey, you're not beautiful. You're not pretty enough. Go get this makeup. Oh, hey, you know what? The food that you have at your house is not okay. Come get this burger or these fries. Oh, come get this. It, it just like, there's just a lot of this noise of saying that, you know what, you're lacking this, you don't have enough this, you need to be able to like, you know, of course, again, like the capitalistic nature of society and consumerism and all that. But it's just the sense of, um, and I know that you know this, but for the people that know, don't know, like um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of like being able to say, once you get those basic needs taken care of, and you have the underlying um, of gratitude, that sense of gratitude, that sense of acceptance, and that sense of, um, you know what, I am enough, it definitely proves and changes the perspective. And, and so now for now, my question for you is like, um, what was the what was the first time that, you know, like, oh, this actually works? This is the stuff that I need to continue to practice in my life. And I'm going to continue to have that. Wow. Um, it was a very long time ago. And I was working on, on trust issues, not, mm. not trusting other people, just trusting that things were going to work out exactly the way it's supposed to work out. Mm. Okay. And, and, you know, I am not, I'm a very, very spiritual person and I call my higher power God. That's, you know, whoever you choose to call your higher power, you know, fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. It's what makes sense to you. So I had been introduced to miracles and, and they said, you know, there's miracles all around us. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, you just have to trust it. Just trust it. There are miracles. And so um, I used to be a cigarette smoker and I 
I was, had been praying and praying and praying to be shown a miracle and nothing was happening. And I was getting frustrated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was one day I'm driving down the road and I quit smoking and I wanted so bad to buy a cigarette, to buy a pack of cigarettes. I stop at this traffic light. I look over to my right and I see this old woman in this beat up car and she had wrinkles all over her face and she's sitting there holding a cigarette in her hand and her hand's shaking like this. And she took a puff of that cigarette and just blew it out. And I was like, ah, look to my left. Beautiful, long, young, blonde, sitting in a convertible, sun's shining off of her hair. And it was like, whoa, right? I was showing this comparison. All of a sudden on the radio, a Tom Petty song started playing that that said, it was like on cue. No, I, it was that song, uh, no, I won't break down. I won't break down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't break down. going to stand my ground, you know, going to keep this world from tumbling me down. I forget the, the rest of the words, but I just started crying because it was like, oh my gosh. Like that was a miracle right there. That was God, the universe, the stars, whatever you want to say, showing me a complete blatant sign of, you know, this beautiful young woman and what this woman, you know, what I could potentially look like if I continued smoking cigarettes. Right. Wow. And then I just started laughing. I'm like, thank you. That was probably the first time where I thought, you know, this stuff really works. You need to trust Trust is a huge part because, you know, you can you can be grateful all day long, but when you start worrying about what's going to happen or what's not going to happen, and it, that's when trust is such a huge part of your peace and happiness because you have to just trust that everything's going to work out exactly the way it's supposed to and then not have any attachments to it or expectations. Mm. Um so, so yeah, that was a big turning point for me when I was like, wow, this is real. Like there are mm -hmm. miracles shown us all the time. They're around us all the time. If we are open enough to see the signs that are being put in front of us, that you right. know, you're on the right step, you're on the right track, or, you know, you get that speeding ticket. Okay. Maybe you better slow down because next time you may crash your car. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it any way you want, but there's, there, we're always getting little, little signs that, you know. Yeah, that, that's so true. Those, those little signs are the ones that are the ones that are honestly the biggest, right? Because what we might overlook will then come out in a, in a different situation with, you know, bigger consequences or bigger rewards. You, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, um, it's divine. And I know, and then after that, you know, it, this might get a little esoteric, but, um, I'm a believer that everything is connected um, because God is the God of the universe and who has created everything. And so most things work out in our favor, but the way that we speak to ourselves, the way that we continue to like, literally we are frequency, we are energy, we have electrons, we have neurons, whenever we think, what we think does come into reality because again, we are co-creating this reality that we have, right? And most Absolutely. people don't understand and realize that, hey, what you speak into your life, what you speak into the actions that you take, like, you know, your self-sabotage, you like most people are like are sabotaging themselves from what they want without even without being conscious about it because they think it's something else. But it really it, it, it really does start here in the mind and the heart. And, and, and it's so um, it's just so wild to even think about that, how much power. Um, how much it really is within us and how much we do have um, 
we do play a part into our perception of our reality. Yes. Well, I actually believe that our perspective, our perception influences our behavior, Mm. right? Your behavior then comes your, um, oh gosh, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to mess this up, what I want to (laughs) say. But what ends up happening is that, you know, those, those perceptions turn into your reality, I guess is the end result. I have a little, I have a little step by step for that, which is just escape my mind, but it becomes your reality. So by, by altering your or shifting your perception, you can shift your reality. Right. Because you can, there's always another way to see everything, right? There's yeah. always different sides to the situation. And um, I, I actually call it my superpower. And it's very hard because I'm like, oh, well, I, I agree with that. And I was like, oh, you know, I agree with that too. And and then, you know, for me to actually sometimes take a stance one way or the other, I have to really think things through because I'm able to see things from different sides. But mm-hmm. you, can, you can really shift your reality by by shifting your perception because it's changing every day, right? Every day. I mean, here's a good example. Yeah. Here's a good example. You have two people that work for a company. They both report to the exact same boss, right? They're, they're asked to stay late to finish a project. The one person sees it as an opportunity to shine. The other one gets pissed off because it's, you know, well, I don't want to work late. I want to go home. Right. They both have different, totally different realities and the way they perceive that situation. So, you know, the one person who doesn't want to work late, you know, that's going to affect him later down the road. The other person, you know, his perception was, oh, this is great. This is a great opportunity. And Mm -hmm. they're both going to have very different outcomes as a result of how they chose to to perceive that situation in turn, their reality. Right, right, right. And just to even think about this, um, we're living our one decision or one thought away from changing our whole direction in life. Again, you sitting down of saying like, looking at the person on the right, looking at the person at the left at that moment of time during when that miracle happened, if you would have just like, just let it go, who knows what would have happened. Right. But that, like, it, it's so, it, it's so, <laughs> I, I always get tripped out by the fact of like, Hey, you know, we got to treat every decision, every choice, every conversation with intentionality, um, not only for the like the benefit of our own self, right, but for, also for the benefit of other people as well, thinking that, hey, I might be standing, not, right, st- standing right next to this person in Starbucks. Um, this could be an opportunity for me to just ignore and just go on with my day. Or maybe like, hey, maybe let me just smile at them and just say hello and ask them how they're doing. And how that literally just changes everything else in that, that cycle. And, uh, and all good energy always comes back. Oh, no. All energy comes back. It's a boomerang. Yes. yes. I'm so glad you said that. I was hoping that was where you were going with it because I do that all the time. You know, just look people in the eye and smile. That may change their day because we don't know what we don't know. And that person could be going through something horrible in their life. And by a random stranger or a stranger doing a random act of kindness by just simply looking at the person smiling and hello, that could just make their day. They, they may be ready to jump off a bridge and you saying that to them, it's like, oh, wow, there are good people I left in this world. Okay, let me wait till tomorrow to jump off that bridge, right? Like, we don't know. Yeah, 
We don't you can make up a story, make up any story you want, because we're never really going to know. So. Yeah, but, <laughs> right, right, exactly. And that's like, oh, man, that is, <laughs> wow, wow. And, and I want to take a little bit of a pivot. And my, my pivot for you is, of course, you are somebody that emits such great energy and positivity. Um, but, you know, where do you find the balance of having that radical optimism, but also still being pragmatic? You know, because I, 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 I'm personally in a personal experience, right? People look at me and say, oh, bro, you're just so positive about everything. Like, why, why, like, why? Like, like it doesn't make sense. You got to look at the facts or you got to look at this or all this stuff. And um, and so how do you counteract that? And how do you continue to live life, especially with somebody that has uh, that has come from the bottom to now where you are today? That's a really, really great question. And I would say. Yes, I am positive 99.9% .9 of the time, but I do have my moments. I'm human and I have those moments too, but I'm also, <sighs> wisdom comes with age. I mean, there are a lot of old souls out there and you seem to be very wise for a young man, but my wisdom comes from a lot of life experiences. Okay. I'm mm -hmm. 55 years old. Okay. I have a 20, 20, my son's going to be 21. I've lived, I mean, we just scratched the tip of the iceberg, what we were talking about today. There's so much more to my story. Um, but um, I, I'm a smart person in the sense that I've got a lot of street smarts. I've got some book smarts, you know, probably more street smart than anything. But I just, I have to research things because while I'm not waiting for the other shoe to drop, I know that the other shoe can drop at any moment. And so you have to always be smart about opportunities that you're taking when it comes to trusting other people, when it comes to, you know, my business opportunities, you know, now that I have a book out, I get 25 calls a week, people trying to sell me things, you know, to promote my book or this or that, you know, and so you just have to be really smart about it and just have to think it through. And, and that's just part, you know, I, I just, you know, I guess you could say I can, can compartmentalize, if you will. Right, right. You know, and I'm like, okay, I'm putting my business hat on right now. And, you know, happy Sandy's over here. I'm going to put my business hat on and, and let me just focus on this and and think critically about it, you know, using critical thinking and, you know, that kind of thing. Because, yeah, I mean, good things can happen, but what are the cons? You know, you have to still look at the pros and the cons to everything that you're doing, you know, whether it's, you know, planning, I, I actually have to fly out tomorrow and, and we were just strategizing my husband and I, well, should I, should I Uber there and there, or should I drive the car here to there and then Uber? And we're like, well, how many Uber trips is that? Oh, well, let me check, you know, so there's always like, you know, just critically thinking it through. So, mm -hmm. well, yes, I am extremely optimistic. I think things through from start to the finish, like how, cause I'm a processor. Like I, I, I'm process oriented person, like in my business, right. everything has a process, you know, my whole life, I have an order in which I do things and it, it's just, it works for me. So, you know, it's just thinking things through and being, mm -hmm. you know, being optimistic, but understanding that, yeah, well, well, what's the downside here? Is there a downside? Right. You have to look at it. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then, so even then when look, when you're looking at the downside, Right. Or when you're looking at the quote unquote negative or the con, it still allows you the place to, I don't, I don't know, for me, it just, it, I'm inferring that it's just like, hey, you know what? Um, I, there's this thought, there's this, the, this podcast I listened to with the rapper Russ, and, and he always talks about 
I make sure I put myself in the position where I can see the absolute worst what can happen. And now that I face that reality, and then the, now the next shift is, what if it's better than I could imagine? Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. It, it like it like it's um it's that process of hey, what is the absolute worst thing that can happen? But then after that, thinking about what is the absolute best, and I know that it'll be better than what I can imagine because again, it's just a scenario in my mind, right? It's not that's even right. existing. That's right. And you don't put too much of your energy toward it, but you have to be prepared um, because you have to be smart. At the end of the day, we have to be smart about our actions, our business, our school, you know, whatever it is that your role at this point in your life is, whatever it is that you're doing, you want to be smart about it and make sure you're making the right decisions. And, and, and I think it's two separate things. Um, You know, when you have people that are, that are focusing on the negative, it's just like, oh, I'm not going to do that because, you know, this is going to happen. Or, you know, that's negativity. That, that's mm-hmm. different than looking at the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And then now, you know, of course, you're, you're in the business world. You are an entrepreneur. You're somebody that continues to now navigate that world. Um, and especially you being a, um, a woman. Like, how has that been in terms of, you know, standing firm and being, uh, being authentic in who you are, but also still demanding the same respect for your ability? Uh, what, what are some of the ways, some of the challenges that you've had and some, also some of the successes? Wow. So, um, I would say when I was a skating coach was probably the only time that I faced issues with other people not giving me the respect. And it was partly because I was a woman, but it was the other part was that the coaching world in figure skating, in gymnastics, in so many other sports, or I don't know, people, some people don't call figure skating a sport. Um, but, uh, it is to me, it is to me. Um, I'm sorry. Hold on. Okay. There we go. Um, my college age son was just trying to call me and I'm like, sorry, can't talk right now. Um, so in the world of figure skating, because as an amateur skater, I did not make it into a regional competition, sectional nationals. I didn't go very far at all. Okay. I was a very good skater, but it's, you know, we're talking about elite of the elite of the elite, right. That make it to that level. Um, and so when I started coaching skating, I was just like, I'm just going to coach little girls and it'll be fun and whatever. I I had no expectations whatsoever. This is right around the time of Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. I don't know if you remember that, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Or mm -hmm. you've heard about it. You've probably heard about uh it because it was 1993 um, or 94, actually. And at that point, all of a sudden, I had 50 little girls that wanted to be competitive figure skaters. So I was able to quit my full-time job and I started coaching full-time. And But what ended up happening is I had this really talented skater come to U.S. Nationals and his first international competition where he won the gold medal but of course, in coaching, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you have multiple coaches. So we brought on another coach, lovely man, Russian, you know, I still run into him every time again, every now and then, and I give him a hug, you know, great guy. It's just, it's a very cultural for him where, and, and this was then, I don't know how he, he is now, but there was always a sense that I was not good enough. I didn't deserve to be where I was because I didn't have that 
amateur competitive background that mm-hmm. that he had had. Okay, so there was a lot of comparing there. You and I know, everybody now I think knows that you don't have to be a Heisman Trophy winner to be a good football coach, right? Right. Doesn't matter. You know, coaching is in my blood. I'm, it's something that I'm really good at. Um, so that was really the only time that I've ever had any issues. Now, now to, in today's world, I haven't seen it. I haven't noticed any any discrimination against me because I'm a woman. Um, I've always been able to get the respect of men that are in my leadership. I don't feel, yeah, I've never really felt it. And I know, but having said that, I know that it's a real issue for many men, you know, that many people have experienced it. I just don't have that firsthand experience. Right. Um, except for in the skating world, which is kind of toxic anyway, which is why I ended right. up leaving. I left the industry because I just, I don't want any part of it. It's too toxic right. for me. Right, right. And, and yeah. the is that and also i feel like that also gives an advantage whenever people do approach you because now you're coming from a place of empathy and a place of empathy is like i may not know and understand your situation but i know understanding the circumstances where i faced a similar situation in this way and now this is a different ways of how we can continue to combat it to strategize and hopefully help that person go to this point of happiness or whatever happiness at the level that they desire and as well as continue to coach because I guess that's where that is where that learning comes from. Learning, you don't have to experience things firsthand to learn, but that's where you have the wisdom in saying like, I'm wise enough to understand that I, I, I know that, hey, there are people who do experience some things that I cannot relate to, but I'm wise enough that I learned from their mistakes, learn from their victories, and also being humble enough to say that, hey, I want to continue to walk side with you, support you, and encourage you through that. Yes. And I, and I just want to add that when somebody is experiencing any sort of pain for the very first time in their life, it's real. Okay. Yeah. So the pain I felt when my brother died was very real to me right now. If, if there's another person who experienced something, I don't want to, I don't want to minimize anybody's circumstances, but let's just say, for example, um, um, they were in a, a serious car accident and they've got a lot of, you know, anger towards themselves or somebody else. They're feeling this pain. They're very right. different, right? They're very different situations, but the pain that that person and what I felt is real, right? Pain mm-hmm. is pain, regardless of that situation, right? Regardless of the situation. Cause you can't say, you know, thank God I have never been raped. Okay. And I could never relate to a woman or a man that has experienced that. The pain that they're feeling is the same pain that this other person is feeling by losing a loved one. They're very different. You can't, there's no comparison. One is not harder than the other. I simply say this to demonstrate that when you're feeling pain for the very first time, it's real for that individual. Right. Right. And, and, and you can't say, oh, well, it could have been worse, right? You never say that to somebody who's in pain, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the thing is, is that the pain, anytime you experience for the very first time, it's real. And it should never be minimized for yourself or for anybody else. Because if it's the first time you're going through something like that, it sucks, right? right? There's no other way around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. 
so true. Wow, that's a very good point. Um, man, there's a lot of gems I'm picking up. This is so good. This is really this is really good. Um, and now I I should have asked this at the at the beginning, but you know, being a, a happiness coach, whatnot, what what is happiness? And how like what what you know, like what is happiness and what does it mean to you? Okay. So my favorite quote, I think, sums it up. So for me, happiness is feeling peace in my heart. Okay. Mm. My favorite quote is peace. It's not about being in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It's about being in the midst of those things and still feeling calm in your heart. So for me, Mm. happiness is feeling this peace inside of my heart no matter what's going on around me. Am I like that a hundred percent? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's not possible because I, I am human. Right. right. <laughs> but I do know I do have the tools that I use every day to get back to that place of peace. And, and I actually had a huge one yesterday that happened and it took me, It was probably about nine o'clock in the morning when I got this phone call and it was probably one o'clock in the afternoon where I was finally able to be like, okay, I'm good now. Like it was that, it was something that was so upsetting to me. I was like shaking. I was shaking. I was so upset. And it probably took to about one o'clock and by one o'clock I was like, okay, I'm good. I got this. It's all okay. It's all going to be okay. You know? And I was able to just let it go and I'm making the most of the situation and you know, it's all going to be fine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's good. And and I know that there's been a lot of and when I look at the media, right? Um, like everything being so polarized. There's now conversations, topics of conversations of you know such thing as toxic positivity, being too positive where you're not even acknowledging whatever you know, like people that are just like, oh man, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be so positive. I mean, um, I would even say to myself, being self aware, it's like yeah, maybe like they were like, um, I would you think that hey you need to be positive all the time because you are the positive one and there is some pressure for saying like oh bro since you're the positive one you can't feel it because you gotta be happy or that that's the expectation or that's the story or that's the scenario in your mind that's playing because you're known as a positive one uh what what do you feel like what are some of your thoughts about this idea of toxic positivity and how can we continue to curve it where it can be more grounded and more authentic Again, like you pointed it out that you're human and, you know, you feel you feel emotions, too. So, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Absolutely. And so so here's the best way that I can explain that. And and that would be when you're talking to somebody else. OK, so you you see a friend. Hey, what's going on? Oh, my gosh. You know, my boyfriend just broke up with me, you know, and I'm just devastated. OK. Toxic positivity would be like, oh, it's okay. When one door shuts, the next one opens. You're going to find somebody quick. Look at you. Da, da, da. No, wrong answer. Okay. Right. The way it's, so for me, it's the way you show up for other people is what's important. Mm-hmm. So, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm so sorry. Your boyfriend broke up with, what can I do to support you? Do you want to talk about it? How can I be there for you? How can I help you? Okay. That's how we need to approach situations like that because event, because that person is in pain and you need to be supportive to them. 
right? The last thing people want to hear when they're in that state, because they haven't dealt with the feelings yet, right? And I, I talked about that earlier. You have to deal with those feelings of pain first before you are even before considering happiness is even an option for you, because right there in that moment, you know, you have to go through it. And the last thing, whether it's me or I'm talking to somebody else, if I'm in that moment, I don't want to be told, oh, don't worry about it. It's all going to be okay. No, because <laughs> yeah. I'm, still, I'm still sitting in this shit right now. So no, it's not okay. And don't tell me it's going to be okay because I need to work through this first. So, right. so to me, that's what toxic positivity is, is when you have people that are unsupportive. Oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Like that's not the way, that's not authentic. Yeah. In my, yeah, in my opinion, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm glad that you said that in your opinion. And like, honestly, that's, that's really good. And that's really grounding because you're just like, Hey, for somebody, she's a professional life coach, y'all. She's saying, <laughs> you know, somebody with credentials, somebody who has the experience, like is actually saying this, you know, confronting this narrative. And, it, and it's kind of, it is pretty crazy just to see that due to the polarization, because most of what we see nowadays is so short unless people are actually now doing the research or taking long form, uh, long, long forms of content or actually going deeper and whatever, because it's just like, Hey, okay. Swipe left, swipe, right, swipe up, swipe down, swipe this, swipe that here a bit. Here's this, there's this, there's this, there's not enough of that true holistic understanding of different situations because everything's moving so fast. And do we even have time to even process or what does it look like? Or, ah, all, it's just a mess. <laughs> It's too much. And we're being bombarded in so many different directions. And, you know, what I have to do is I turn the notifications off on my phone for the social media site. So I don't know, because I used to look at Facebook. Oh, my gosh, I've got 10. I've got the number 10 is showing up on my thing. And I'd be like, oh, I have to look at it. I look at it when I have time to look at it. And I just, you know, turn off the notifications because I've got I've got stuff to do. Right. Um you know, I've got things to do, places to be, and, and I'm not going to spend all my time on this device. Um, there's so much more to life than that. And yeah, and it's and it, and it gets toxic after a while. If you're on social media for too long, it can be very toxic. Right. Absolutely. That's so good. That's so good. And um, so I do want to be respectful of your time. And I just want to say that, you know, um, now towards now, these are the, the last questions of the show. Um, thank you so much again. I really do appreciate you taking your time. So um, these are more of like these impact legacy wisdom questions. So my first one question for you is um, what are three things that you would say to your 21 year old self? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I would say finish college because I didn't think I needed to. And I learned so much. I would say, focus on everything you have to be grateful for and love yourself. First and foremost, mm. love yourself. Because I don't think I did. I don't think I really loved myself then. Yeah. Um, what does it mean for somebody to me? I was just about to say, self-love is not narcissistic. It's not being narcissistic, okay? It is about putting yourself first and honoring yourself, being true to who you are. Um, it takes, stop comparing yourself to others. Um, stop thinking that if you had all of these things, then the next thing would be there for you. You know, self-love is about truly honoring yourself and loving yourself, taking care of yourself, 
so that you can be the best possible version of yourself because only then can you be a good son, daughter, sister, brother, friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, employee, the list goes on and on. If you want to be the best for all of those other people in your life, you have to love yourself and take care of yourself first. That's amazing. Take care of yourselves, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wow. 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 Now, um, my next question is, what do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be the, the person who started changing the world with her Happiness Solved movement. Because Happiness Solved is a movement that I am creating. And I want that legacy to be, you know, that, that my life is just dedicated to helping people see things differently, you know, one person at a time. Yeah, that's so good. And my last question is, what do you want people to learn from you? What is the one thing that people can always take away? That happiness is a choice. And you have, you have a choice every single second of the day as to how you're going to react to every situation that is put in front of you. You can choose acceptance of the situation. You can choose to go with the flow. You can choose to be grateful or you can choose to be negative. You can choose to react. You can choose drama. You can choose anger. You can, you know, you know, every second of every moment you have choices and to be happy is a choice because it's changing the way you think. It's changing the way you think every single thought, like you started out the show, every single thought is shaping who you are. Yeah. And, he, and how you show up in the world. That's the big thing is how do you want to show up in the world? Right. How do you want to be to other people? Who, who are you to other people? Because really that's what makes a difference, right? Yeah. That's good. Are you happy? I am happy. <laughs> I'm happy uh, today. Yesterday yeah. morning, I wasn't so happy. Today, I'm really happy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, shout out, Asti. Shout out to man. Shout out to the man, Asti. I know. I, I love I love uh, how he does that and say, are you happy? Whatever. Uh, makes know, people think, good. man, such a such a good young cat. Shout out to the OG. Um, wow. That is so good. So now this is my last segment of the show. It's the speak life segment where I get an opportunity to speak life into the guests because me as a believer, James one, two, four, uh, two through four says that, you know, life and death is in the ton. And, you know, it, it's awesome to speak life into people because that's what we're supposed to do. Or I, I mean, well, that's what I want to do. So not what we're supposed to do, but hey, okay, here we go. Um, Miss Sandy, I just want to say thank you so much for, again, great, being so gracious I apologize because I was a little late. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> um, I'm a little okay. late to just, um, I just want to say I'm so grateful and thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Obviously, just through this interview from this virtual experience, um, I can feel the vibration of the energy and you are walking the talk. You are decided to take the power that was inside of you and continue to create a, le like a legacy and an impact that is going to touch not only me, 
not only the people watching this, but people that you don't even know because you already are doing it. I'm super grateful for the work that you're doing for who you've been created to be and continuing to be a light and being authentic and showing what it means to be radically honest and while radically choosing happiness and especially in the world that tries to make us unhappy. Um, this has been, honestly, all my conversations are so great, but this is a conversation that I haven't had in depth on this show like this for real. And so thank you for taking the time to um, to, to demonstrate this and to show this and to showcase. So I am very grateful. Um, there's nothing but love from my side and I'm spreading it all the way as you say travels to wherever you're going. Um, and yeah, so thank you. And that's me thank speaking. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where can the, where can the people find you? My website is sandyscarlotta.com. Um, that's my best place to find me. You can follow me on um, Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. And I have a YouTube channel, which is uh, Happiness Solved. And there I have all of my um, podcast episodes as well. All righty. All righty, y'all. So check her out. That is it for this show. Thank you all for tuning in. And we are out. Thank you so much for taking a chance to listen slash watch the podcast episode. Super grateful for all your support. Make sure you follow us on social media at Campus Cuts Pod. Be able to check out the YouTube, um, Twitch, and as well as Twitter, Periscope live streams. If you want to have the chance to get the replay, make sure you share it to your friends, families, significant others, and anybody that is interested in listening to authentic conversations with great guests and people. Make sure you do that. Thanks so much for all the help. Tap in. Have a blessed day.